Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match! Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Friday the 25th of August and I'm delighted to say we have a very special guest, in fact two special guests on the podcast today. We have none other than the current England wonder kid Harry Brook and his coach Martin Spate. Martin who we heard from actually a couple of weeks ago when I was up at the reunion with some of the ex-Durham players talking about his work with Harry and today We've got Harry as well, sitting uh, reclining in his garden in Guiseley with his newly bought fire pit warming his feet. Uh, so this is going to be an extended interview with Harry Brook. And he really is a, a very relaxed person. And actually, it was interesting to hear how relaxed he was during the Ashes, which of the Aussie bowlers he found hardest to face, who he admires in the game, why he loved bowling to Steve Smith. And what he's going to be doing while England are at the World Cup in India still amazes me, actually, that he wasn't picked in that England World Cup squad. He has got the chance to play some T20s and some ODIs at the end of the summer against Ireland, but he isn't in that main squad because of Ben Stokes' availability. Uh, It seems uh, mad, actually. I, I still can't believe it. I think it's probably based on the fact that he's only played three ODIs and 18 list a matches so his experience of the 50 over game is limited but his talent is so incredible that it seems a mistake there that England haven't included him in that squad but he's not complaining instead he's taking his well his his talent out if if not his wrath out on the uh, the bowlers in the 100 he's just come off the most exhilarating century in the 100 from 41 balls and the first thing I, I talked to him about, uh, and also, by the way, uh, Martin Spate dips in in this interview talking about how he's helped Harry and worked with him over the years as well. They've worked together since Harry was 14. But one of the things I started with is I played him a shot from that innings at Headingley the other night, the 41 ball 100. And it was his uh, in- shot that, that took him to 100. It was almost the perfect ball from David Payne, the Gloucestershire Vast bowler, left armour, bowling round the wicket, bowling a, virtually a perfect Yorker, wide Yorker, to try and restrict the runs at the end of the innings. And even though the ball practically pitched on the crease, wide of the stumps, Harry still managed to somehow scythe it away over extra cover for six. An incredible shot. So uh, one of many, of course, that he's played through this summer. And by the way, it's only about 12 months since he made his England debut. What a statement he's made since then. So here's Harry Brook talking about his life, his cricket, with his coach, Martin Spate, and how he plays that sort of amazing shot over extra cover. Um, I think when you're in that much confidence at the time, obviously I'm on 95, I've, I've been batting for an hour or so there. Um, I've had it a few times where I feel like 
I can hit every ball for six at the end there. You're that confident. You've been hitting it that well. Um, and you feel like wherever the ball is bowling it, especially at that period in the game, you're looking to hit every ball for six. Um, and you're swinging quite hard. So it doesn't really matter how, how well you hit the ball as long as you, you get it in the gap. And most of the time, it, uh, headingly as well, the wicket's good. Uh, most of the time, it goes for six. But I mean, you know, it's it's supposed to be an impossibility to hit those balls for six. That's why we bowlers try to bowl them so that you can't hit it for six. There must be, I mean, obviously you practice. I mean, how do you physically, how do you get underneath that so far to hit it for six? Is it a sort of, is it a kind of bottom hand thing? Do you chop it like a tennis shot? I mean, what, how do you do it? I think uh, uh, over the offside, mid off extra cover is one of my struggles. So um, it was kind of playing into my strength there. Um, I'm quite a wristy player as well, so I feel like I get my wrists through it. That's when I'm playing well, really. If, I, if I'm not playing well, I'll hack across the line and, um, and hit it straight up usually. But um, no, yeah, just like I said before, I was, I was trying to swing hard and I actually lost my shape a couple of times in that final set, which I, sh I probably should have hit a couple more sixes, to be honest, but um, I got away with it. But yeah, just, just swinging hard and trying to keep my head still, really. Now, this is my favourite shot of yours. You know what I'm going to play here? Run down through extra cover. Well, yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that is just insane. Thank so, you. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Incredible. It's out of the rough against a leg spinner in Pakistan, and you hit it through extra from virtually off the pitch. <laughs> Might as well just get rid of the stumps, actually. <laughs> I just think that. Spatey, how does he do that? Did you teach him that? Uh, no, <laughs> he, he's, um, I suppose you've got to add quite a few things together. You do talent, obviously a lot of talent, incredibly hardworking. Um, and I'm, I'm sure how you'd agree. He's very much someone that likes to practice a lot and develop, develop his, his skills. And I mean, even at school, that was always, he was good all around, but when we got to sort of the last year and he wanted to start developing sort of a T20 game, that was the first area we went was hitting inside out over extra cover. Yeah. You you sort of said, didn't you, that when you saw him age 14, you know, that, that was his sort of signature almost or one of the things that he could do naturally. But, yeah. And actually, I, I mean, I like the way we talked about this before, didn't we? I like the way you almost say that, uh, with the way you coach, and maybe Harry, you could um, re re react to this as well. The way you coach is almost build on your strengths rather than worrying too much about your flaws. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Mean, especially when you you know you're you're working with young players through sort of fourteen to eighteen is the the age group, or for me a bit younger than that, but up to eighteen, nineteen. Then you know. The key to being, I think, a good batter, you've got to stay out there and bat for long periods of time and gain the confidence and trust in your game and work out how to play the game. So, therefore, you've got to make sure that your your best shots, your best defence, your best attacking shots are pretty much spot on. Um, and Harry will tell you, um, he, he would spend every single day at half six in the morning and it would always be, am I balanced? And, and the big thing for Harry was the top of his bat swing was whether he was aligned, his shoulders and hips were aligned. And then once they were right, then just keep drilling the shots. Yeah, I've always been into trying to be technically perfect. Um, I'm, I'm, it's part of my game. When I'm, when I'm feeling technically good, I'm usually batting well, really. Um, Spatey will tell you as well. I, I work a lot on my tech. Stay in line, like you just said, with my shoulders. Um, but about three or four years ago when I started doing my trigger that, that made a massive difference um, obviously I'd had a year or two in first class cricket already uh, and I just decided upon myself and, and asked Spatey to help me to, to try and figure out a trigger which would be good for me just to try and get me balanced uh, hitting straighter more aligned um, better defence there's all sorts of stuff um, why I needed to do it really and yeah I haven't really looked back, back since whilst I've been doing it you made um you made a small adjustment, I think, this year, didn't you? Um, talking to Joe Root, or perhaps you know, influenced by Root in some way, um, sort of with like more movement with the bat rather than just sort of standing upright. I 
I did something in the test matches. I didn't. I didn't feel too rhythmical at the time, so I was tapping, tapping my bat for longer, and then picking my bat up later. But I was still, as the ball was releasing the ball, I was still set in the same position I would be. It just it just felt like I was. I had rhythm when I was doing that, um, especially against Cummins and Stark, where you don't have as much time to react. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know what what it did for me. It just felt. Felt more rhythmical, really. So, it, so what you're saying is you were tapping the bat a bit longer before raising it up yeah. to be ready. Yeah, okay. exactly that. Right. Um, uh, it must be. It must be quite weird actually when you're playing in a series and all that stuff is analysed to the nth degree. And also, you've got players like Smith and Labuschagne who all have their own methods. Do you look at? Do you look at other players and see what you can pick up from them? The likes of Smith and Labuschagne and others. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things I did when I started my trigger. I looked at a few players, I looked at A.B. de Villiers, um, Kane Williamson, Ruti, and I worked quite closely with Gary Balance as well. So I was spe- I was looking and watching and speaking to some of the best players in the world and, and trying to pick up little things I can do, um, whether that be playing it late like Kane Williamson or um, I, I quite enjoyed uh, Gary Balance's trigger when he played. Uh, I, I Not not as much as he did, but um, I felt like he got into a really good position and his head was as, as still as anybody who's ever played the game. So um, that was one of my goals when I started doing that, really. And um, A.B. de Villiers talks about, sorry, we won't get too technical here, but A.B. de Villiers talks about playing everything out in the box, I think, doesn't he? He draws a box around his position. Um, Spatey, I don't know, have you, have you kind of, are you a, an advocate of that as well, kind of? trying to play everything under your nose and all that stuff um, with this box? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it a box, but I would, you know, always recommend everyone to play it as late as they can. Um, And, you know, the later you play it, I tend to think the later you play, the quicker you move and the more time you've got to see what the ball's done. So, yeah, I would always try and advocate that you play it within your area, under your head as much as you can. Tell us about your your relationship, how that works, you know, on a on a professional basis. Probably Harry's best to answer that. <laughs> so you you Harry, you you t- you talk quite regularly, I guess. You text. I know that, that Spade you said you had a coffee during the Headingley test, which kind of relaxed you a bit. Yeah, um, I think when we were at school it was probably a little bit more strict because he had to be um a teacher at the end of the day but now obviously we don't see each other as much it's more um texting and, and phone calls and whatnot but um yeah it's, it's more of a, a friendship coach rather than a teacher coach now so um yeah when we can when i well when i can and when spatey can we we try and get together and uh, whether that be for a coffee or a net or mainly for a net or or golf or or whatever we just try and keep in contact as much as possible well, that's how I see it. Spate, you might see it differently. You might want to get rid of it. He says he won't play you at golf anymore because you're too good. No, his putting's just too bad that he doesn't want to play with me. Fucking <laughs> wrong. <laughs> that's something you can practice, mate. And you needed to spend a bit of time on the putting green, then, don't you? Well, I need to find some time. You're not wrong, but I think that's more of a mental thing at my age. <laughs> you don't need to. You don't need to go to a putting. You can do it on your carpet, mate. You know, go in your garden and do it. If I had a garden, I'm in a flat on the second floor. Oh, right. Okay. Well, then the bedroom then. Bedroom carpet, you know. <laughs> use a cup. Use a cup. The, the One of those beakers that you have tea out of. I mean, the ashes. I want to just quickly talk about the ashes. Was it a bit more intense and kind of uh, sort of super hyped up than you were expecting? How was it for you, thinking back to what you were expecting, what was it like in reality? No, I knew it was definitely going to be hyped up, and and it was. That first week was very hyped up. Uh, going into that first game, um, there was a lot more nerves than I have done have ever had in my career. Really, uh, I'm not I'm not the most nervous person, so I'm usually quite chilled. But going into that first week with with so much chat around the series, people saying that we're going to win five nil and stuff like that. Um, but I can remember Ruti getting us together after that first test. And he was well. Not got, after after the game had finished, he just went. That's the hardest it's going to be this series. Um, with all the media hype, with all the 
the challenges around outside of cricket. Uh, and yeah, it definitely was. The rest of the series felt like um, it it flew it flew by. So um, yeah, we had a lot of fun, and um, yeah, it was enjoyable. Um, are you, uh, you know, Steve Smith? You know, famously can't sleep, has to take sleeping pills, and and all that. And I mean, how are you kind of off the field during an Ashes? Obviously, you've only done one series, but you know, how were you kind of off the field in bed? You know, were you able to sleep well? Did you dream of great hundreds? I mean, what what was that like? No, I'm pretty chilled to be honest. Like I said, that first week I was a little bit nervous, but um, other than that, it was just like any other game facing any other bowler. It's the same same red ball coming down at me. So um, yeah, that's how I how I look at it um, and how I have looked at it my whole career. And I, I notice actually that quite often you walked off the field, uh, you know, after you've been fielding or whatever. You seem to be having a bit of a joke with Stokes quite often. Is there something? Have you got you got something going there? Um, no, I, I don't know really. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm good mates. I try to be good mates with everybody and um, joke around with everybody. To be honest, um, I'm not I'm not the most serious person. Uh, I, I like to be relaxed and. Um, yeah, I don't get too uptight about the game because at the end of the day, it's only a cricket match, isn't it? So uh, we're all going to fail at some point and, yeah, just take it on the chin and, and move on and enjoy it. That's a brilliant attitude. Uh, do you get that from your dad? Uh, I don't know. My mum, my mom, both, to be fair, I reckon. They're both pretty chilled. We're all chilled. Yeah. I, I know um, uh, a friend, I played golf the other day with a guy who used to play at Burley and Wharfdale. Andy Arundel, and his dad yeah. played with your dad. Um, no, sorry, he played. Sorry, he played with your dad. I mean, um, and he he talks about your family in you know very um, complimentary terms. Said your dad's a bit bit mad, but you know he's kind of got got the got he's got the badgering cricket badgering inside him. <laughs> yeah, he used to be mad. He's not as mad anymore. He's uh, he's settled down a little bit now, but yeah, he's all good. <laughs> great and 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 you also had um i, I suppose just to, to, to sort of recap your your back your upbringing um i was going to ask you what your first cricketing memory was i guess it could have been being at your grandma's house because she backs onto the club yeah absolutely it, it's perfect um at that age as well you can just walk out onto the cricket field my dad and my uncles were both playing on a saturday and yeah, just go out there, watch them play. Um, yeah, I felt like I actually learned a lot from just watching them play, even though it's league cricket and it might not be the standard um, I'm playing now, but you're still you're still learning a lot, whether that be tactically or or um, like watching situations and seeing how people go about it, really. But yeah, um, yeah, having having a cricket field on my back on my back door was perfect. Really, I had lots of friends around there as well who I'd got into the nets with, so. Yeah, it couldn't have couldn't have started any better. And who were your apart from your your family, your uncles and so on, and your dad? Who were your heroes growing up watching on telly or you know maybe at Headingley or whatever? Who were the people that you admired? I don't. I actually I can't remember watching that much cricket when I was younger. To be honest, I always used to be out in the nets with my dad or my granddad or um, any but any of my mates when when I was at home. Uh, obviously, that changed when I got to Sedbur, but. Uh, yeah, I'd be out and about, but I I used to love watching Sachin Tendulkar, uh, AB De Villiers, uh, KP, obviously, some of the big names there. But um, yeah, just anybody, anybody, try and learn off and and watch them play. AB De Villiers definitely stands out. And, and have you have you met him? Have you talked to him? Did you get a chance at the IPL or something, for instance? No, I've never actually met him. So um, yeah, if that day comes, we'll see we'll see what he's like. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Okay. Um, and and just one one sort of final question from me, and then we'll get the with the, the members involved. Um, how much you, you're playing? You know, all formats. You're playing tests, and then suddenly straight into the hundred. How do you adapt? Is it tough adapting straight away from one format to another? I actually feel like it's harder adapting from red ball to white ball because. I feel like my defensive game improved so much over the past couple of years. Um, I back my defence a lot in Red Bull. So when you, when you go out into a T20 game or a 100 game and you have to kind of have a, have one or two sides and then go, it, mm. it's tough, especially because you don't, you don't have the time really to 
assess the pitch um, as much as you'd want to. But yeah, it's it's little things like that way. Where, where T Twenty play, you can be so hit and miss. Really, like uh, obviously, I got hundred the other night, but a couple of games before, and I got zero or I got a very low score. So it's about assessing pitches as quick as you can, really. I think, and then obviously doing your research on the bowlers. Um, yeah, and then and then just playing the playing the conditions as well as you can. Do you do you research your opposition bowlers quite extensively? Look at videos and things. It's one thing I've stopped trying to do. Actually, to be honest, I I feel like when I when I research them and I look at them a lot, I I always expect things to come instead of just watching the ball and trying to play it. Um, so I'm trying to stay stay away from as much an, uh, analyst analysis. <laughs> um, yeah, trying to stay away from that as much as possible, just so I can play on instinct and watch the ball. And uh, Spatey, looking at you know a player, you know when you coach converting from test to one dayers, you know short shorter games, white ball versus red ball. What's your what's your advice for for young players like Harry? Well, I mean, obviously Harry's at a different level, but certainly with the you know the kids at school, you know. Don't try and it, it, it's too easy for young players to try and emulate someone like Harry and hit, you know, every ball to the boundary. You know, Harry's practiced for years and he's got the physical strength to go with it. Um, they haven't. So when I'm coaching young players, it's try and score off every ball. If you can get a single off for every ball, worst case scenario, you get six. If you put a boundary in there and you get nine off the over, then 180 in a school game of T20 cricket wins 99 out of 100. So I think that that's you know that's my message. Be really clinical with with your your foundation skills, and then as you get older. So Harry was sort of 16, 17 when he wanted to start hitting more inside out, um, and then you know he started developing that then. But it, obviously all the foundations were pretty much nailed on by then. I hate both of you. I mean, have you got no feelings for bowlers at all, really? I mean, you're trying your best to enable anyone, a batter, to get at least one off every ball. Surely, don't we have the right to bowl the odd dot ball and, you know, beat the bat occasionally? Uh, definitely. Obviously, some days bowlers are better than you. Um, like I said before, it depends on the pitch. Uh, if you're playing a spinner and, and it's ragging, then the bowler's going to... I'd be favoured, to be honest. I reckon though. you get more thrill out of foxing a batter, like bowling an over to Steve Smith where he can't hit it, than you do hitting a, a good bowler for six. Yeah, absolutely. It's miles better. Bowling a maiden to Steve Smith miles better than hitting a six. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, that must have been so funny. My One of my favourite memories, actually, is seeing Ian Botham, who was virtually on his knees, he could hardly run, get Viv Richards, his great mate, out with a lollipop delivery slower than you, uh, just stopped in the pitch, and he got a leading edge as he was trying to block it really carefully. Got a leading edge, caught and bowled. Beefy dives in front of him, gets him out. Brilliant. I love those. <laughs> I think that's what Beefy's favourite ever wicket, and he was virtually an old man when he got it. What is your favourite format, actually? I mean, just having come off the ashes and then belting 100 in, in the 100. I mean, what, what, what do you enjoy the most? I enjoy all three formats, to be honest. I, after this summer, though, I can't really look away from, from Test Cricket. Um, obviously, that was an unbelievable... It was a it was a dream of mine to to be able to play in that Ashes series, let alone have a decent part to play in it. So, yeah, Test cricket at the minute. It, well, it depends on what I'm playing well at. So at the minute, I'm enjoying T20 cricket because I'm off the back of a hundred. But if you'd asked me after I got a hundred in New Zealand, I'd have probably said Test cricket. I mean, your 75 at the Headingley was a that was a big innings, wasn't it? I mean, because it it changed the game really and changed the series actually as well. Yeah, absolutely. That that's one of my favourite knocks, to be honest. Um, obviously, that was a that was a big moment in the series, and we kept the series alive. So, to to walk away at my home ground as well, having played a vital part in that game, was yeah, that was special. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, well, that was great to hear Harry Brook reflecting on the summer and the ashes in the part he played in it. I've just looked it up, actually. In his first test, test appearance was the 8th of September last year. So it really is almost exactly 12 months since he made his England debut. Okay, now the members of the world's best cricket club had the chance to ask Harry and Martin some questions. And by the way, if you want to join our club and get the chance to ask leading players or coaches a direct question and be part of our live shows, you can go to worldsbestcc.com. We're raising money for the Professional Cricketers Trust, so it is a cause as well as being an entertainment. And there's a WhatsApp group which is very lively from people all over the world. So to try and join our club, worldsbestcc.com. And here are some of the questions from our audience the other night. First one is from James Wilson. Hi. Um, thank you both, Harry and Martin, for, for joining. Um, Harry, with the greatest of respect in the world, we all think you're a fabulous cricketer, but I, my question is for Martin. Um, we were asked to old, uh, name our ultimate T20 side. I went with Clayton Lambert, Sanjay Jadzaria, KP, Sachin Tendulkar, A.B. de Villiers, Martin Spate, Josh Butler, Ben Stokes, Shane Warne, Bruce Reed, Lassith Malinga. Um, Martin, where, where, where do you think you sort of fit into that side? What's your role in that side? You're batting between A.B. de Villiers and Josh Butler. Um, talk us through it. I don't think I'm blocking many, and I'm thinking I'm hitting a lot of balls behind square on both sides of the wicket. I'm either sweeping or reverse sweeping, re- regardless of the pace of the ball. Right, that's that's basically why I picked you. So thank you for that, um, Martin. That's that's very good work. You're welcome. Not going to be the end of that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. right, I'm going to bring right. Beck in, but I've got a quick question for uh, Harry from Australia, from my best mate who lives in Brisbane, an Aussie. Unfortunately, um, always Aussies think about Aussies, don't they? And this question, it could be a short answer. He said, In the Ashes this summer, who did you find of the Aussie bowling attack the toughest challenge? Pat Cummins. You could elaborate. Not Travis Head then. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Cummins, definitely. He's obviously one of the best bowlers in the world at the minute, if not the best. Um, he's bowling at 90 mile an hour. He doesn't really try to swing it much, he just tries to bowl wobble seamers and 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 that's definitely the hardest ball to face because you don't know which way it's going to go. Um, so yeah, he he was definitely the hardest ball to face this summer. There you, go. Do you look do you look at his hand to try and pick up what he might be doing with it. I mean, obviously you look at his hand, but I mean, try to you try to assess, you know, judge what he's doing with it, or you just play it off the pitch. Yeah, just you you can't really assess what they're going to bowl when you when the ball in wobble team is every ball. So. Yeah, you, you try and pick up little clues, but you, you have no idea until until you've hit it. Really, um, that's why Wobble seems such a such a tough delivery to face. And he um, he's just relentless, isn't he? He just yeah, he's... he just keeps on. I mean, I was amazed. You know, he played those six tests, and he was still coming in like he was start of the series almost at the end. He actually he actually bowled that 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 game at the Oval, the last game. Yeah, that was the quickest he bowled all series so that just shows how good he is and how fit he is and how strong he is to be able to do that six test matches in a row um at that pace and at that skill he's um yeah he's a world-class performer who who of the aussies did you feel or do you feel you sort of get on best with have you got anyone there who's a a mate or you know kind of you feel like you, you you click with uh i don't really know any of them to be honest we didn't really spend that much time together uh, um, obviously, there was that hiccup at the end of the, the series yeah. as well, where everybody thought we'd. Well, who did you want to, to talk to? Get to? Lost. Who, would, who would you have liked to have spent a bit more time with then? Uh, I'd have liked to speak to Smith about batting. 
Um, obviously, he's been world class for so many years now. He's got nearly ten thousand test runs. Um, yeah, so to have a chat with him, um, yeah, that would have been pretty good. Well, I got Becky. Becky's here with a question. Thank you. Um, hi, Harry Martin. Thanks for tonight. Tonight, it's been really interesting. Um, the question I had was about the, the player mics, um, which I, I suppose I was thinking particularly as I was listening to the Rain Affected game um, with Laurie Evans the other day. And I can't help but think if I was trying to do my job while simultaneously trying to talk to someone, I'd find it quite difficult. So I wondered kind of what you think of the player mics. Do you do you think they're sort of interesting and useful? And, and how do you decide who has to be the one to do it? Uh, good question. I don't mind them to be honest. I'm I'm fairly relaxed when I'm out there, so I'm I'm quite easy answering a few questions. They're probably a lot blunter than I than I might be, but uh, usually. But uh, yeah, they. I don't I don't mind them. You might get a different answer off a few other people. The only thing I would be concerned with is because we wear this big thing, um, and they have like the microphone on the back. If I was to dive and I was and I did a shocking dive and ended up on my back, then I'd then it might hurt. But other than that, they're fine. I think it goes, gives the, the crowd and people watching on TV a good insight of, of somebody actually on the pitch. Um, obviously, they, they see the game differently. They're, they're right next to the pitch and, um, and they're seeing the situations of the game differently. So, yeah. um, I, think, I think that gives the, the watchers a better insight on the game. Funnily enough... Um, I'm just I, I, hearing how many people think things are out when they're not necessarily... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, last night, I don't know if anyone was watching last night, but they put uh, the mic on Tim L. Mills when he was running into bowl and you got him huffing and puffing as he and his sort of effort as he actually let go of the ball. And I've always thought, actually, that one way of making showing people the viewers, as you mentioned, uh, more insight is showing it's difficult to show how fast the bowling is. But if you add the sound of the effort of the bowler and the running in and all that, it can actually sort of add a little bit to the to the drama of a fast ball. Well, I'm going to bring uh, Paul and Jasper in. Uh, Martin and Harry, great to have you. Um, my 11-year-old son Jasper's here, and it's his question. He was going to ask earlier how you found the pressure of the Ashes compared to other competitions, but I think you kind of kind of covered that off already in the chat. So we, we've changed the questions. To, were you mer more nervous walking out to bat or when Stokesy threw you the ball and said, Harry, have a ball? What, what was what were you most nervous? Uh... Like I said before, I don't really get that nervous. But yeah, it was probably the first time I walked up to that. <laughs> I knew I had nothing to lose when I was walking up when I was walking onto the ball. <laughs> I didn't really know it was coming. So um, was it a surprise yeah. when he threw the ball? Well, Stoke because we went on a golf trip up to Scotland and we'd had a few drinks and Stokes and and Baz were sat next to each other and they just went rookie hogging a ball at Steve Smith as soon as he comes out to bat. So. <laughs> I kind of knew it was going to happen, but I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't really actually think they were going to follow through with it. And then he took me the ball and I was, yeah, and I was steaming in down the hill at Edgebuckton. <laughs> Brilliant. Cool. Thank you. Excellent. That's a good, that's a really good question. It's, um, yeah, wonderful. Oh, how, how are you before you bat, actually? what What's your sort of in the dressing room? As you're next in, are you kind of lining your bats, your bat and your gloves there with your helmet on, or lying down virtually asleep? You know, what's your what's your general? There was a, I think there was a picture of me nearly asleep at the Oval in the last game. Someone caught me on camera, so no, I'm pretty chilled. Like I said before, I don't really get nervous. I I know that there's going to be good and bad days, and yeah, hopefully every time I walk out there, I'm thinking it's going to be a good day, and yeah, um, positive, but yeah. Not nervous, really. Right, I'm bringing Rob in. There he is. Evening, gents. Evening, Harry. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, mate. Just a quick one. Take us inside the England dressing room. Obviously, it's a big craze. This partnership of, you know, Stokes and McCullum have transformed the test side. What are they... Do they have ever do any hair-dry moments, for instance? For instance, like at Lords, just lost... Or the Australians have just lost Nathan Lyon and chance to push on and bounce the tactic they did and a lot of England batsmen fell. Was there any hair dryers or was it just like use a bit more common sense for the situation sort of thing? I think they're just so relaxed. Like it doesn't matter what situation we're in. Obviously, you can see Baz is sat. He's always sat on the balcony with sunglasses on, just chilling out. Um, yeah, and then Stokes. Stokes is pretty similar. Obviously, he's got a different, slightly different role to play on the field. But 
it's the most relaxed environment I've play, I've ever played in, and and the most enjoyable I've ever played in. So to be able to say that whilst I've been playing Test cricket is is pretty special, I think. So what they've done in the last twelve months, obviously I've only been around for them, so I don't I can't say what it was like before, but what they've done in the last twelve months has been phenomenal, and and it's been so good for my career and and so so many other people's. Right, two more questions. I'm bringing in uh, Mr. Ian. Good evening, Simon. Harry, great to have you with us. What's the biggest thing that you've learned um, from Martin in the last 12 months? You talked about the transition from being teacher to being coach, but um, what, what's the thing that um, has really helped you over the last year, 18 months or so? Good question. Um, always go back to the basics, really, I think. Um, we, we always chat about little things in my technique and Trying to like we were speaking about earlier, stay aligned, stay balanced, keep your head still. As long as I'm doing that for long periods of time, I feel like I'm I'm gonna be successful. So yeah, just stick into that and like he said before, make your strengths your super strengths and yeah, keep bashing away at them and then and find time to to make your weaknesses into strengths as well. So it's just about trying to put as much time into into it as you can and yeah, and just enjoying it really. The, the, the question I had for Martin was, um, what's the thing that you would say has been Harry's biggest area of development in the last 12 months, either um, mentally or technically? I wouldn't say there's a huge amount technically. I think uh, the biggest development is making sure that wherever he's playing, whoever he's playing against, he sticks with what he is really good at. So I know we talked a lot about that during the IPL. And you've got loads of different coaches throwing loads of different ideas about how you've got to play, take this bowler down, that bowler down. And I think probably it's a little bit like sometimes when it doesn't go quite well, that's when you go back to what you're really good. And that, that's what we kept saying. So when he came back to England, came straight up to Sebury, spent two hours batting, and it was against a red ball, and it was just get back into being really good at what you're good at and, and stick with that. Stop. You know, I know Harry dabbled with sweeping a lot and looking at sweeping and because he always wants to improve his game. Um, but actually, he's much better just picking the length and smacking it off the back foot. And, you know, generally against spinach, you tend to stay fairly still, don't you? And hit, trust yourself to hit it straight out the ground from the crease without running too much at it. Final question. Who is it? It's Robin. Um, Harry, welcome. And... Uh... Uh, carry on the fantastic uh, form that you've been showing for England. But uh, don't forget Yorkshire. We all remember our origins, especially in this wonderful game of cricket. No, obviously, Yorkshire is, is where my heart's at. And uh, I've always enjoyed playing for Yorkshire. Um, but I don't, I don't know what's coming up. But obviously, we've got the T20s coming up next week. And then... Um, if I'm getting if I'm getting picked for the Ireland ODIs, then there'd, there'd probably be a little bit of a break there before then. Um, so I'm I'm not sure what will happen for the rest of the season, to be honest. But um, obviously, if I don't get picked for the Ireland ODIs, then uh, yeah, I'll be available for selection. Yeah, wonderful opportunity. Um, so so Etch, do you think the ODIs against Ireland are a possible opportunity to make a claim for sort of last minute inclusion in the World Cup squad? Good question. I, uh, it's above my pay grade that I think. I don't know. Obviously, obviously, it'd be a good series to play in, and yeah, hopefully, I can score a few runs, and you never know what might happen. Just, just tie, tie David Milan's two shoelaces together somewhere, and he'll trip over, and then you're in. Um, <laughs> listen, great. Uh, right, one final thing. Um, I've got a quick, quick quiz for you. Right, um, this is uh, a quiz that we've done for every player. So it's called How Well Do You Know Yourself? There's the leaderboard from earlier, well, actually a while ago now, but uh, Liam Livingston did bloody well. Um, Plunkett was pretty good. The worst we've had is Alistair Cook, who only got four um, in his in his effort. It's 10 questions. It's about, it's about you. So, you know, yeah. should be able to get some of these anyway. Question one. Fairly straightforward to start with. What score did you make on your first class debut? And I'm not thinking uh, about against Pakistan. It's a uh, county championship debut. And I'll give you a clue. It was against Middlesex. Any idea? Yeah. Do you want both innings or just the first just innings? Just the first innings. 38. He's got it! 
Excellent. Caught a short leg. Where are you? Off, oh, the, spin. yeah. off, off the spinner. And I and I got a duck second innings. Did correct. <laughs> very good. Okay, quite very good. One out of one. Um, Norts is keeping score. Right. Question two. What is your current test batting average? A dec- to decimal point as well. Oh, yeah, I'll give you sort of, you know, within, I'll be reasonable, roughly. 68, 62.8. He's got it! Slightly, <laughs> slightly overstated that. It's actually 62.15, but ah. um, you got the 62 part anyway, so very good. Thank you. Two out of two. Excellent. Question three. How many players have a higher test average than you in history? What do you reckon, Spady? Spady, you can give him a clue here. I reckon three or four. You reckon? Well, well, it's Don Bradman. Bradman, Pollock. Uh, Is there an innings, how many games they've got to have? Yeah, 20 innings, yeah, which is what I reckon. I reckon three. I can't think there's too many. Okay. Um, Harry, you going to go with that? Three? Yeah, we'll go with three. We'll go with three. I'm sorry to say you're wrong. How many? One. 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 Wow. And we know who that is. Correct. One, only one. The others were under 62, actually. So uh, amazing, amazing records. I'm afraid you got that wrong, but it's quite a nice uh, reason to get it wrong, I suppose. (laughs) Okay. So what's that? Noughts? Two Two out of three. Two out of three. Right. Question four. You've made four test hundreds in your 20 test innings. Is that more or less than the great Sachin made in his first 20 innings? What do you reckon? What do you reckon? I reckon you, can, you can phone a friend. Yeah, I reckon more. You've got more or he's got yeah, more? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon I got more. He's got it! Correct. <laughs> Sachin only had one in his first really? test innings. Yeah. Yeah. He took uh, three, about another six innings to get to four, even more, maybe. So, yeah, he only had one test hundred in his first 20 innings. So what's that, noughts? Three out of four. Okay, very good. Question five. How many first-class wickets have you got? Ah, I think, I think it's 11. I think, no, actually, no, 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 can I change that? It's 10. Definitely 10. I'm generous. I'll give. I'll give you. It's actually nine, but I'll give you that. I'll give you that. No, close. Can't be. Is that nine. first class? Is first, first class, class. test one as well? Yeah. Right. So I'll give you that. Uh, it was actually nine anyway. Right. So that's four out of five. Question that's six. Five. Yeah. Okay. Question six. Is your fifty over list a strike rate higher or lower than Livingston? You'd think it'd be lower, but I reckon I reckon it's higher only because you're asking that question because it's Livingston. So I'm going to say higher. You're overthinking. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's close. 99 you are, and Livy's 102. Yeah. So close. That was a mean yeah. question, really. <laughs> okay. What's that? Noughts? Four out of six, uh, Harry is slightly marooned in Alistair Cook territory at the moment. Yeah, but he, <laughs> he should do all right here. Okay, who was question seven? Who was faster to a thousand test runs, you or A. B. De Villiers? Uh, on balls or on innings? Innings, in number of innings. Me. He's got it. Correct, and it's. There's three in it, actually. 17 innings U, 20 innings AB. So that's bragging rights to you. Good one, good man to have uh, eclipsed. Right. Yeah. Very good. So you're out of Alistair Cook territory. Right. Question eight. Now, this is a goodie. As we've mentioned Alistair Cook before, who has a better CB in bowling, you or Alistair Cook? It's got to be me. Mine's three for 15. Right. Against Glamorgan. It's got to be me. <laughs> what are his figures? Three for 13. Oh, wow. 
Who was that against? No idea. <laughs> oh god. Insane. <laughs> Sorry. What is that? Nought? Five uh, out of eight. Okay. Right. Two two to go. Um, this is a a one between you here. Who has a better first class bowling average? You or Spatey? You or your coach Spatey has a better first class bowling average. Me, mine, my average is fifteen point five. Your bowling average? Yeah, I got two wickets for thirty one runs. Should well, easily you. Mine's like forty or fifty. So it's me. Yeah, Spatey. Correct. 16 <laughs> plays 53. <laughs> Short your bowling out, rookie. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Very good. Well done. Good good memory, Spatey. I can't believe you got two. For... Who the hell did you get out? We were playing. Um, I got the first one. I got um, Angus Fraser. Caught gold, bold spate. Bold one over. And then it was like you were going, Middlesex were going to play in the NatWest final. So you you got like bat one over. Uh, so I got him out and then we played Warwickshire and I had declaration bowling. So I came on and bowled some offspin. I lobbed up an absolute looper. Dermot Reeve ran down the wicket, missed it and got bowled. Very next ball, i never forget it. Lobbed it up, full toss. Paul Smith hit it straight to Rodney Bunting at deep square leg. Straight to him, top edge, and he stepped aside, let the ball bounce and roll over the over the other band. And he said, "Turn around." He said, "I'm not letting you get any other wickets. We have to work hard for our wickets." Purposely <laughs> didn't try and catch it. I was fuming because you imagine what what us us batters are like when you get a ball in the round. <laughs> <laughs> Your offspin's not that bad though. Well, yeah. he still bowls. Does he bowl it to you then? Still, he used to when I was at school, but it wasn't <laughs> that bad. It actually must be it must be bloody dangerous doing throwdowns at you actually, is it? Baseball mitt, but a helmet? No, just put a baseball mitt on. The worst place is Headingley indoors. Hits it into the ceiling and they've got the runners and it zips off yeah. the runners. Not a good place to throw in there. No, it's not. Right, final <laughs> question. So, what's the score? What where? What's the score on the doors? Noughts? Uh, currently six out of nine. Chance to hit seven. Right. right. Um, okay, question 10. Who has a lower golf handicap, you or Ricky Ponting? How do you know what my handicap is? Well, I don't actually, but I'm guessing what <laughs> is. You can tell, well, do you, you, um, well, firstly answer the question and then tell us what your handicap is. I reckon Ricky Ponting is. He's a serious. I reckon goal. Ponting. I reckon Ponting as well. He's got it. If. If I'm guessing that your handicap is about single figures, something. Well, what's Ponting? Two. Yeah, he's got me. I'm 3.6. Okay, right. Yeah, he's got me. Oh, I, I, uh, well, that's that. I, it's closer than I thought, actually. <laughs> uh, he is just. He's just got you. Very good. Well, I'm impressed, actually. Congratulations. Thank you. Seven out of ten. That's that's a good performance. That's very. Thank you. Very good performance. Uh, there were some tricky ones there. Right, final question, um, not in the quiz. Um, just thinking about the future, um, India is on the horizon, not so much the World Cup, but I was thinking the Test Series. Um, when would you start thinking about that? And, you know, you've got this incredible uh, really free-range fluent game. Is that How are you going to kind of approach that? Uh, or is that something a long way ahead and you know is is it going to be something that you apply a particular uh you know practice routine to or will you just carry on playing your way and see how it goes yeah obviously it's a long way away now and i'm i'm completely concentrating on what i've got up next next week in the t20 internationals but obviously that's gonna it's gonna be a whole different challenge one i've probably never faced before so um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough series if selected, obviously, but we, yeah, I'll um, I'll be preparing a lot against spin. I think I think I'll be going to Headingley and, and using the Merlin machine there and and putting and putting stuff down to emulate the the rough. So whether that be cones or um, like they have these special spin mats at Headingley, so 
yeah, I'll be doing quite a bit of that, practicing shots. I think a sweep shot will probably be uh, a strong option out there. Um, and then, like we said earlier, trying to back the basics um, and back in my ability against spin and, and back in my shots against them um, and not looking too far ahead from that, really. It's going to be tough as well. So, like you've seen in the last 12 months, um, maybe attacks are the best form of defence against them boys. Um, but like I said, it's going to be a whole different challenge. And uh, yeah, if, if the ball's not there to be hit, then I've got to have a good enough defence to be able to um, survive. Cricket, obviously, you've had an incredibly intense summer. It's been a brilliant summer. Still more cricket to go, England, etc. What are you most looking forward to beyond the summer? It's, it, have you got a holiday plan with your girlfriend? Or, you know, is there somewhere that you desperately want to go to just escape? What are you most looking forward to in the next three months? Playing a lot of golf, to be honest. I'm really looking forward to playing a lot of golf. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to the World Cup, so I'll be utilising that time a lot to try and get better at golf. And, and where will that be? Where do you love playing the most? Anywhere, anywhere a mate, anywhere a mate wants to play. Um, yeah, so I played at All Woodley this morning. I'm a member at Bradford Golf Club in near where I live, so... Um, yeah, I'll be going up there a fair, a fair bit, I think. Okay, great. Well, that's, that sounds like a lovely way to relax. Fantastic. Um, can I just say thank you very much for all the entertainment you've given us and your free-spirited nature and the way you smile all the time. It's so infectious and it's just great to watch. So thank you to you and to, to Martin for all you've done for us and long may it continue. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, it has been an absolute meteoric rise for Harry Brook this year. And I suppose you'd say the Brook-Spate relationship is one of England's finest partnerships at the moment. And as I said, long may it continue. Harry will be next in action very shortly for England in the T20 series against New Zealand starting on Wednesday at Chesler Street. So look out for that. And we'll be back next week as well. In the meantime, if you want to join our club, as I mentioned earlier, it's worldsbestcc.com. We'll have more interviews coming up on that site shortly. Thanks for listening and enjoy your weekend. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.